0: Welcome back to another edition of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. We are back, episode 24, with Christy Norman. Christy and I chatted about six months ago, back in July. She is a sommelier down in LA, and uh, we get into a bunch of stuff with uh, Christy, especially Uh, we talk a lot about her new upcoming wine course, which we talked a little bit about back in July. And it's taken her a bit longer than she thought to get it up and going, but it is ready to go for March. March 27th is the launch date, so we'll talk about that more when uh, when I talk with Christy a little bit later on. Uh, just first, I wanted to say a thank you to a few different people who are regular listeners for the show. One is Gareth, and he is GTS Lifestyle on Instagram, and he's in Spain. And, uh, one of the messages actually that he sent me was, uh, how impressed he was with the episode that I had the chat with Abe. And, uh, he mentions was really impressed with this interview. I really need to look him up. So thanks for that, Gareth. And, uh, he actually sent me another message not that long ago, uh, just saying that he'll queue up my podcast for listening on the way home. So he listens to it on the way home, which is super cool. And the other shout out I wanted to give to was, uh, Marty Thomas, Marty and his wife Candace are some of my original listeners for the show. They've been there since day one. They're awesome. They've uh, they always send me messages to uh, let me know that they enjoy the show and stuff. And they're literally some of the first listeners for the show. So uh, I love that. Marty's actually got it set up so that his uh, Google can find the show. Let me see if I can get this for you guys. Hey Google, play Friends of the Vine podcast. All right, friends of the Blind wine podcast. Here's where you left off. That's pretty cool. Anyway, let's uh, let's get right into my chat with Christy, shall we?
1: What's yeah. been going on with you? What's happening?
0: Uh, usual work. Trying to put out more podcasts. Uh, trying to do like, say, every couple of weeks. Trying to put one out. Actually, I'm going to a whiskey tasting tonight. That's oh my, cool. Uh, yeah, they're doing a um. Like a high-end whiskey thing, and it's like um, cocktail attire, and uh, it's like really fancy. Nice.
1: That's yeah. Great. Where is it? Where is it going to be hosted
0: at? Uh, it's actually going to be hosted. Um, there's a train uh, station downtown that does like a. It's like a. It's called the Rocky Mountaineer. It goes up to like Whistler and stuff. That's cool. And <laughs> so there's. It's like super fancy. It's like a nice, like one of those kind of old school looking train stations. So I guess there's parts of it that they're using. Um, to to host so it's kind of a fun little venue
1: that's rad yeah i love um yeah we don't have a ton of like la like uh like cool train things but one time i went on this mode like this murder mystery dinner and like it was actually like really really fun and it was like you know it's like those trains that are all like decked out and like beautiful and yeah i don't think we really have those very much anymore in la there's one train that goes up to santa barbara like if you're ever in la and you um Want to go up to Santa Barbara to visit? You just take the train because you can drink on the train, and it's like sixty bucks for a ticket. Nice, it's rad. Yep. <laughs> that's the only way to do it, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I always, I always joke because my one of my friends is one of the sales guys for this this train thing, and all his clients are all either tourists or retirees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like who else can afford it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so. Please- I want to. I want to talk to you about a bunch of stuff. Yeah, hit me. Um. So
0: you were pretty close to getting the course done.
1: Oh my gosh! So the wine course for beginners is um, nearly complete. Basically, it took an extra four months and like another ten grand (laughs) than I thought it was going to take. Because that's how startups work, right? Yeah. Uh, it's been, uh, it's, it's really been incredible like doing this and, and creating it, but, um, I, I'm, I'm ready for it to come out. It's going to be out on March 27th.
0: Well, that's cool. Cause I know, so, so I'm just trying to look up when we chatted the last time because that even back then you were thinking it would be done, you know, a couple months later kind of thing, right? And it's obviously taking yeah. you, like you said, a <laughs> little longer.
1: I was delusional. Like I was absolutely delusional. I had no idea how intense it was going to be. Because honestly, when I'm reading through the script, it was about 60 pages by that time. It was about, it's like a 60 page short book. Right. And reading through it at a normal pace, uh, to my friends and family, it was only about an hour and a half of actual reading. So I was like, okay, so, you know, we'll just slap this thing together. It'll take like a month online and then, you know, do the web hosting part. It'll be easy. Definitely not. Um, it was much, much more complicated than I could have ever imagined, um, and I've learned a lot, you know, throughout this whole process. But
0: we talked in July, so you were—I think you are originally thinking September, October-ish.
1: Yeah, I ended up actually filming at the end of September, um, and it was two, uh, two days of. Like the most intense filming you've ever seen because I've, I've done like a good amount of camera work just from adulting with alcohol and then I was in theater when I was younger. So, um, you know, doing uh, takes and scenes and stuff isn't um, challenging for me. And so what I'm saying is it doesn't take me a long time to get through something, but it took the f- almost full 24 hours of filming that we had to make yeah. it all happen. Like we barely just stopped short like the last hour. And, you know, we we're all cheering and we, it was really close. Like I was I was worried um, when we started getting to the German section. I started like kind of tripping up on some of the words and we were having to do it. And I started getting like massive anxiety um, because it's, you know, it's it's scary when you have such limited time. And, you know, we'd have to like rent the equipment for another day. It would have like the crew would have had to come together for another day. You know, makeup, hair, like all that stuff. I would have had to like redo it if we needed to extend it. Yeah, we it took almost two two full months for post production, um, and then um, getting the sites together. From the back end, it's actually very complicated as well because I could have just uploaded it to um, you know a website like Teachable or something, and there's nothing wrong with those those sites like whatsoever. Um, it's just that didn't have all of the functions and capabilities that I wanted it to have because mm-hmm. basically the wine course is a driver's ed course for wine. I wanted very specific functions such as you know you can't fast forward um, you know you're gonna at the end when you pass the quizzes. And the test, you're actually going to get a pin that's, like, emailed to you – or not emailed to you, but um, you're going to get, like, a physical pin, like a graduation pin hmm. sent to you. Um, there's really specific uh, – just things that I want in the course. I don't want to, like, reveal everything, but there's certain things in the course that I want to be able to happen and that wouldn't have been able to do if I, if I used another site to host it, kind of. So building it from scratch, it's like, you know – kind of like building, you know, Lamborghini from scratch. And it takes a lot of time and there's a lot of people involved, you know, all of the data is being privately hosted. So I had, you know, I have two Linux servers that are specifically for me, um, for any like geeks and, uh, then to kind of know what I'm talking about, it's a, it's a lot. So, um, and we're trying to scale this thing to be able to teach a million people, hopefully at some point. So, um, that's cool. Uh, yeah.
0: That's, that's wild. And you're saying the release date is, It's going to be
1: Wednesday, March 27th. Um, I, I, we seem like we're on track there. Um, That's kind of, you know, I wanted to give a little extra buffer time at the end of this month. So it's the beginning of February. Now by the end of February, um, we'll have like the countdown campaign started. So there'll be um, a landing page with the countdown kind of ways for you to stay involved. If you want to get like email alerts and updates and stuff, we'll be able to have those. We're going to do a little like, you know, you, you'll see some Facebook ads. Hopefully, if I'm if I'm targeting the right people, but I have a whole marketing team now. It's insane. We have it started with just me and like me sitting in my bedroom, and now I have almost 25 people. Um, you know, graphic artists from around the world. You know, advanced sommeliers and master sommeliers to help proof uh, my material. A teacher that lives in St. Louis that you know created all of my. Um, my worksheets, like based on my learning objectives, like, you know, all of the cast and crew and like post-production people. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild considering, you know, I've never done a project of this size and I just decided to like take on the Titanic. (laughs) For for, for 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 your first course. For my first course. Yeah. But like this, now I know how to do it like forever. Right. Yeah. And it's cool because, um, I'm from this point, like going forward, um, I have the, the ability to create more sites like this. And so the course will um, now considering everything, um, including, you know, the cost to create it and the pin and um, all that other stuff. I still wanted to keep it affordable, but I did have to raise the price a little bit just because, like you know, just I want to be able to create more courses. Mm-hmm. So um, it's gonna technically it'll be a hundred and fifty dollars, uh, but anyone with my promo code will be able to get it for seventy five dollars. I think seventy five bucks to you know get a three or four hour kind of education about wine is fair. I think that um, it shows that you know you are um, invested. You know there is. Um, they're, they're, well, and I like, I like the option
0: you said that you can't fast forward. It, it really makes you focus on every part and then like you said, once you've graduated you get you get something tangible to, for your efforts as well.
1: Exactly. and I think um, you know millennials are about experiences um, and although you know you know reading a book is, is great and that can be an experience you know when you're learning something, but there's nothing that you get to show for at the end of it, right? And I think that that was a really important aspect. Actually, one of the professors, the wine professors at UCLA, um, Paul Sherman, he was the one that told told me, he's like, they need something tangible. You need to give them something. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's totally right. Like, I'm going to give you a certificate of completion and a pen. Cool. And, uh, you know, the next course, you know, going forward, because everyone's kind of like, you know, what's, well, how do you taste the wine or whatever? And uh, I'm actually working with a company now um, to create, um, my own, um, wine, like there's a test tubes of wine that come in a box. And so I'm working to, um, create a customized kit for my course and there'll be different ones that you can purchase, but so you can taste along with the wines that I'm talking about. You know, it's so funny because Instagram and like the internet is incredible because, um, I had, Somebody really, really well known in the wine industry tell me like, Christy, you know, uh, that doesn't exist. I posted on Facebook and I asked if anybody, you know, had um, a resource for putting wine in test tubes and like shipping it out and all that stuff. And they were just like, you know, I don't want to embarrass you, but like, that's not possible. Sorry. You know, I'm, I'd be happy to help you, but like, you know, it's just you just can't do it. And so I was like, oh, all right, well, you know, I kind of lost hope a little bit. And then all of a sudden in my inbox, the CEO of a, of a company that actually does that uh, messaged me to collaborate with me. And That's cool. Was so rad, like, this, you know, just not that I'm, you know, like this uh, incredible human being that has all these contacts, but like just that the internet like brings people together. And when you put out what you want, like it can come back to you. And it's really, really amazing to to be able to experience that because you know we're try- I'm trying to create some stuff in wine that hasn't existed before and kind of bring it into a millennial you know
0: yeah world cool uh- <laughs> that's awesome Chrissy uh, I couldn't be prouder prouder of you right now because uh, I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be awesome
1: thank you dude I always you know I I really do appreciate um, the support, and you know, I always feel like you're you've you've been there for me like this whole time. I feel like you've seen like the whole freaking journey. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, and I mean, to 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 say for sure, to say that it's a journey is is completely true because I mean, to see where you started and like you said, you've got more stuff. Like I know you you've got more stuff you want to tell me about. Like you always seem to have something going on.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, this is kind of important. Um so it's kind of important. This is yeah, this is no this is really important. So um for the last like 4 or 5 months these people have been trying to get me to come to their studio in El Segundo, which is kind of near LAX. It's not it's not super far, but it's far enough to where I don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> you know, just being in LA, it's you know, I'm in my little bubble. Um and uh, so that basically, without you know giving away all the details because it's it's not all official yet, there has been talks um, and like what, what's being created is a is a wine television network. So imagine an entire TV channel like Fox or something, but or you know whatever spectrum
0: or even like a like a food network or something,
1: food network, right? But everything is all wine centric content. Because there is such a broad range of of wine consumers, and that market has not been has not been explored before in television. You know, I think that you know, there's like the Som films. They did it really well, right? And they and they they really showed everybody that the audience exists. They're there, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: but nobody's really um, uh, nobody's really pursuing that. So. Yeah, there, there. I went uh, the last few weeks, and there is a wine television network. And um, if all goes well, I will be um, the host of one of these wine shows. Um, I pitched a show that I've been wanting to do for years. Um, it's a travel show, um, and I, I don't want to say exactly what it is yet, but I will. Um, of course, I'll let you know. You'll be one of the first to know when everything's finalized but we're getting ready to pitch to the travel show or the travel channel actually um because until they have enough content they won't be doing it on their own network but they're still going to be creating all these shows to kind of like gear yeah. up for it and yeah it, i mean it wasn't even like a maybe sort of you know it was a let's do it um yeah and uh yeah it's, it's just it's crazy how um you know my kind of journey in wine is is changing you know just Doing lot a lot more events. I just did something with um, L'Oreal and Adam Levine last week.
0: Well, it's just before you, just before we, just to talk about that for a second. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, that that sounds cool, obviously, and to, to to have it on other channels in the meantime is cool too, because then you can kind of get like a cross promotion thing going, like with if it, you know, say on a travel channel or on other networks, and then that kind of opens up people for when the when the channel actually comes around
1: totally yeah and um you know um they're they're really great and you know we're talking about how you know they they want to promote my wine course and stuff um as well on it so cool. i think that it will will all you know it, it'll all um
0: it'll evolve it'll naturally evolve i think that way
1: yeah totally
0: yeah. are they thinking this year
1: yeah well i mean we're filming this year and then you know i'm sure probably beginning of 2020 yeah. just because it takes so long to do things.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: but yeah, but they're already filming a bunch of stuff. They um they uh, took a very famous uh chef uh chef show. I'll just say that um they took the whole entire crew that filmed it, and they actually did it with winemakers. So I mean, they're already like creating the content. They have like a whole podcast that's been going. They they actually launches next week. Um, it's called the winemakers podcast and the first season is all, um, in Paso Robles, um, with some cool, like dynamic winemakers. Um, and I tried all the wine last week and it was actually very good. Nice. Um, you know, they are obviously a lower price point than some of the stuff that, um, I'm exposed to not in a, like a snobby way and just like a diff- like I'm just not used to tasting, you know, Paso that's not Saxon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I only ever get to taste like some of the really high end producers, and so being able to taste like some of the the quote unquote like regular wine, it's actually pretty cool because it was it was like really really high quality, even though you know the alcohol percentages are you know were were pretty high. It's still you know, they were still balanced and still actually nice. very good. So it kind of – it didn't it didn't change my mind about Paso because I love Paso wine. But yeah. also, you know, um, it, it made me think that, you know, some, like from East Paso – I I believe it's East Paso. Like most of the really famous wineries are in West Paso. And so East Paso doesn't get as much attention. But there was one winemaker from that side that was like really good. I was like, oh, it's awesome.
0: You know what's interesting is because I know – I know Psalm has talked about putting out a lot more wine content as well. And it's funny because there, you know how poker, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of something else that would, that would draw a connection, but I'm thinking like poker. Remember how poker was everywhere. It was all over TV. It was all over everything. And then it kind of, you know, died off. And I thought after the first couple of Psalm films and, and, kind of the rise of the sommelier and the, you know, you had that kind of chef status for a while and now you've got the psalm status. And I, and I, I was always kind of thinking there might be a bit of a tail off, right. Or a drop off. Yeah. But it seems to continue to remain consistent. There's as many uh, new wine books out on the market. There's as many, you know, wine podcasts and obviously like this channel Right, the wine TV channel, and then you know, Psalm putting out a you know a new film. It continues to grow. Like it continues, the 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 love of wine and just wine content in general seems to still continue to grow and grow. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that um, what the Psalm films did right, um, and you know what, you know, shows like Chef's Table, right? What they did correctly. Um, It wasn't talking about all the technical aspects of the food. It wasn't talking about all the technical aspects of the wine initially, right? Because with wine, I think you have to get people interested first, and then they kind of fall down the rabbit hole and fall in love, but you have to hook them. And what hooks them is the people. What I've done with my Instagram, and it's been a very conscious choice, uh, has been to get people to see me who I am as a real person first Mm -hmm. Um, because once they love you um, once I fall in love with Ian Cobble as weird as he is or Dylan Proctor once I fell in love with them in the song film then I really cared about what they were doing and I think the wine industry a lot of times comes to you first with technical oh it was aged on the leaves for 36 months and da 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 it's like I don't give a shit (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't, I don't care until I care about you. If when I care about the wine and, uh, I think that media and wine is shifting and starting to understand that that's really the case. You know, when, when people, you know, see that you're a real person and you're dynamic and, um, you know, you struggle with things and whatever, and, and you have good taste, then they'll start you know, looking at other wines that you're drinking, and you know, um, you know, it d- d- it develops like that level of trust. Um, yeah,
0: and and even for the people that I I think of, that I follow and stuff, and that that have influenced how I think about wine, it's all people like, you know, Katie's Wine Life, and and you know, like Katie Truscott, and and uh, even like Jeff Kruth, you know, just to go from you know two different ends of the spectrum those are the people that they have that engaging personality that makes you want to learn more makes you want to follow their content and as you follow them and their content and follow their their lives you you learn along the way
1: yeah absolutely and you know i um, i think that um wine people sometimes you know get their the, we're not always sure of our palate uh because taste is so subjective right and you, yeah. you know you could wake up one day and and not taste any pyrazines or something in your wine or, or whatever. And so I think a lot of the time, um, what I'm seeing as I'm kind of growing up now, um, as it's been a few years, I'm seeing a lot of, um, really, really, um, well-known kind of wine professionals, you know, at great restaurants or great lists or with great exposure. And actually I, I feel as though sometimes, you know, they, they don't want to say their opinion really super loud because, you're we're always unsure just there's like a little tiny voice in our head saying maybe it's not as good as I think right and so I think that people um that can voice their opinions honestly and proudly and really really like people who are really confident in themselves and aren't afraid to say what they feel those are the ones that are going to find more success in like you know being um critics or reviewers or whatever, you know, not apologizing for the way that you feel and, you know, not holding back. And I, as I'm kind of, again, growing up in this environment, it's hard because there are, you know, uh, people who have been in the industry a really long time um, bringing you their wines or whatever. But I think as long as, um, and you don't, you never want to offend anybody, right? Mm -hmm. You, You never, you never want to bash somebody's wine. It's not about that, but being honest and coming from like a loving you know, a loving, like positive place but saying like, okay, and I'm not the buyer. So it doesn't really matter. But you know, standing off to the side of the buyer and kind of being in the gallery um, uh, of, of um, you know, kind of like the jury, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed now. And I, I see that um, I have a great opportunity to say exactly how I feel and, and and be nice about it. But be like, you know, I don't think this is right for the program really good but it's not what people would expect when they order it
0: and i think the thing is as well like you a lot of people do the whole well what is what do you think well what do you think well it, it's almost like they want to make a group consent a group decision a group consensus well what does everybody else think but like you think about the big like think, think about like Jancis or something or you know one of the all the big wine critics i'm sure probably when she started out she probably valued other people's opinions but as she grew she definitely just put out her own opinion and said, no, this is what I think.
1: Yeah, no, I, I do. Uh, I, I want to tell this story. Um, uh, actually, so being in the peanut gallery of um, Spago and getting to kind of chime in with my opinion, I in the nicest way and this I pretty much only do this with reps that I really like and have a good relationship with. But, um, you know, if uh, my boss is like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I'll be like, you know, what? That, that's a no for me, dog. Like, did you ever watch Randy Jackson yeah. in American Idol? Yeah. And he's always like, that's a no for me, dog. So I say that all the time. Or like, just in the wine station, you know like three of us you know psalms were in service and we're tasting a wine and if I just don't feel it I'm like mm, that's a no from me dog well Randy Jackson came in a couple days ago and I actually pulled him to the side <laughs> and I told him and he gave me some really like great like breathing techniques to like be louder because he said that I needed to like say it like more for- aggressively <laughs> he's like, he's all the time. he's like one of our favorite like sweetest regulars on the planet like I don't like to talk about the celebrities that come in and stuff but he comes in like a lot and like like, we love him. He's so nice. Uh, but it just made me really, really happy. Because I had never actually like, like served him before that day. I knew he came in, but i had never like been around him. And I got to tell him that. And he's like, you know what, like, it really matters. Like it, it serves to be the bad guy. Sometimes, you know what, you're totally right. And I don't like to be bad cop or anything like that. But you know, being able to say how you feel, but in like a really positive way. And that's what Randy Jackson's line kinda like represents to me. Like, no, it's a no for me, dog. Like you're like, it's cool. Like I'm yeah. not mad at it. But like that's what yeah.
0: I'm I'm telling you no. I'm telling you no, but we're still cool, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I really want to start doing um tasting like um, teaching deductive tasting mm. um, in classes because basically I've been running these tasting groups at Spago um, for a year now. It's been one solid year. It's crazy. And, you know, we've had, you know, um, the best wines from Australia um, taught uh, by, you know, Matt Lane, who's at Torbrek. Um, we've had, you know, he brought like Hill of Grace and like Penfolds Grange, like like crazy. Um, we had like a um, A class sponsored by the Italian government, like the Italian Wine Bureau gave us written permission to do a Barolo Barbaresco class to like the coolest producers, like the best, like Pellicero, Borgogno, like crazy. And we did, we had like 60 uh, certified or advanced sommeliers um, attend that event and Ted Glennon taught that one. It was super rad. Um, We have a, a Dom Perignon seminar coming up for my tasting group and I want to kind of like be able to bring tasting experiences out for like other people in Los Angeles that aren't necessarily some ways because right now I have to draw like a very clear line of like if you're certified like studying for the next exam like those are the people that are in the study group right but then like you know I want to be able to um engage in, and interact and, and um in some cases teach people who you know just want to learn cuz that's what I I I really enjoy doing so
0: Even like your even like the W set level type people or something like that Yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah exactly and I actually have a couple W set students in my in my tasting group that are that are studying But yeah like being able to you know have a deductive tasting workshop for people for enthusiasts you know In my tasting group, when you're introduced to the group, I teach a a basic uh, intro to deductive tasting because I was uh, really blessed to be a part of these amazing groups when I was just an intro. I was literally sitting in with like master's candidates every week um, and I was just an intro student and knew nothing. But I over like the two years, I really absorbed a lot. Um, and I realized that things that were second nature to me, weren't second nature to other people. Um, and you know, going out into the world and like the wine director of this super famous hotel, like can't pick up Oak on his wine. And I realized that, um, it wasn't necessarily that they weren't good tasters. They just didn't have, um, the right kind of like logical deductions. And I took this, um, workshop by Anthony and He totally transformed my tasting that like two hour workshop or whatever that he did. And so I kind of do a regurgitation, um, kind of my interpretation of what he did and just try to like help other people with it um, because I thought it was really great. I need to get with him and like really go over some like curriculum, make sure I'm I'm representing him right. But because I always talk about him, (laughs) how he affected me. But yeah, you know, just for fun and kind of to help people, because I've gotten so many emails from people that just want to taste and like learn with me. But you know, it's hard because I don't want to. I it's it's hard with limited time. <laughs> well,
0: and sure. and also you don't want to you don't want to scare people off at the same time either, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's hard because there is a lot of um, basic knowledge that you need to have before you start detective tasting. You know, uh, there is there is a lot of um, things that that we have to. Uh, it, it takes a lot of coaching.
0: Well, you I'm know, thinking especially to, people who are just kind of, not not just getting into wine, but you don't want to put up any barriers for people that are trying to get to that next level. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, tasting is a journey and, you know, these uh, grids and stuff that we do, I mean, they're they're fun and and they're helpful in some way, but there's different grids from all around the world. Like I did set 3 and like, you know, that grid is totally different than the Quartermaster Sommelier. Yeah. So. It just, it just kind of depends, you know, on what your style and preference is, and there's no real wrong answers. It's just different, you know?
0: Well, and, and it also depends what, what what are you trying to accomplish or what are you trying to get out of, of this? Like, if you're exactly. not looking for a certification, if you're just looking to get better tasting and and know what you like and, and find, oh, this is what I like about – this is why I like whatever, Sangiovese, or, you know, this is why I like it, right? These are the things, and then you can start picking those up in other wines that are similar.
1: Yeah, absolutely, exactly.
0: I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests, friendsofthevine.podbean.com. Take care. Have a glass for me.